all, thanks for joining us on the Cream of the Crop podcast dedicated to agriculture. We talk to top leaders, share top ideas, and discuss top trends and products. We get to the heart of ag and put the issues on the table. Welcome to the Cream of the Crop podcast. Today we have Carlisle Carr, who is a part of our food safety sales team here at Highland. Thanks for being here, Carlisle. Thanks for having me. So I know from a previous episode that we've done with your parents, you grew up on their peach farm, Titan Farms. So tell us what that was like. Yes, I did grow up on a peach farm in South Carolina, um, which definitely led for a very interesting childhood. From the time I was probably 13 years old, every summer I was working for my parents. I really kind of started working at their roadside stands because like as a 13 year old, like how helpful am I (laughs) at the farm? Um, But as I got older, I moved into the office and then really moved into the packing shed doing food safety. And then I moved down to the processing facility when they built that around five years ago. I started working down there kind of right in the beginning as they were developing just kind of the basis. Um, They just kind of shoved me down there and they were like, do what you can, make it it work. And so we just kind of worked um, for two years. I worked down there. So really kind of did jobs all over the farm. That's crazy to think at 13, you're selling fruit on the side of the road. And then the old ladies loved it. They loved it. They just, I had my hair on like pigtails. I can like remember it was, and I'd be out there all summer and they just, you know, it was a fun job to have. That's awesome. So it may not have been as a quote unquote fun when you moved into the office to do the food safety stuff, was it? No, it definitely wasn't. It wasn't that same, you know, I'm not interacting with people all day long. It was definitely also way longer hours, Mm -hmm. way longer hours. Um, So that was an adjustment. But, you know, I kind of enjoyed both of them for different reasons. I think sometimes people forget, like, agriculture takes ridiculous hours. Oh, I cannot even tell you. Like, (laughs) there was a long time that I just resented it because I was like, Mm -hmm. why during the summer am I getting up at 6 a.m. to go to work and not getting home till 10 while my friends are, like, at the pool? Like, it's definitely an adjustment. I do notice that kids that are raised in ag have a different appreciation for work ethic than kids that weren't. Because you realize, like, I didn't get to go to the beach or go swimming in the summer and sleep in and eat all the candy that I could. Like oh, that's not absolutely. what summers looked like for you. No, no, definitely <laughs> not. Definitely not. I was in the packing shed all the time. Well, that gave you really good experience, you know, up front. So I absolutely. think that's probably taken you kind of to where you're at today. I think the work ethic was definitely something that was instilled with me from a very young age. My parents were all work, no play, especially during the summer, you know, the crop came first and we all knew it and we were all on board with it. And so it was just, you know. How many siblings do you have? I have one brother who's a year older than me and then my cousin, I uh, just one cousin, and she would come and work with us in the summer too. So that's a small crew to yeah, get things done. Just three of us. So why didn't you, I know a lot of kids that grow up on these types of farms stay there and, you know, eventually take over their family's business and anything like that. Why are you not working and staying at your family farm? So this is actually kind of an interesting story. I will preface it by saying that my parents do have a rule that none of the kids can come back and work with them for five years after they graduate college, that's awesome. which is kind kind of a fantastic rule and I definitely wouldn't have wanted to do it anyways but um the really the reason that I kind of chose this path was right when we turned 16 my cousin my brother and I all had to do what they call the internship I was the youngest I was dreading it didn't want to do it but basically for that summer after we turned 16 years old we had to do every job on the farm from start to finish for about two weeks during the summer and we just kind of rotate through the whole facility and so I mean I was out there grading peaches all day long. All my friends are at the pool. I hated it. I just was not grateful for the opportunity. 
in the slightest. I was like, I'm the baby. I can't believe I'm having to do this. And then I ended up getting mono that summer. I thought it was the best thing that could have happened to me. Oh I was like, this is just like a blessing. Um, so I was like, yeah, never doing that again. I really didn't even want to work in the industry at that point in my life. And then the next summer, lo and behold, my dad was like, you have to finish the internship. And I was like, you're kidding, right? And he was like, no, I'm not kidding. So this summer was definitely a lot different. He really let me kind of choose what I wanted to do for those two weeks. So I worked in sales. I worked in food safety. I worked in our research and development team. Um, So I really got to see agriculture as the whole industry, not just like the packing house side of it, which was really interesting. It definitely opened my eyes to all the possibilities in the ag industry and all the different things I could do. So that's really where like my love for the industry came from was that summer. What did that lesson teach you (laughs) that your dad said you had to finish the internship? It was definitely a great lesson to learn that I just had shut my mind off to the entire situation. I just didn't want to do it. And him forcing me to continue that internship and finish it really opened my eyes to all the possibilities and how much I do love the industry. So I think that speaks highly of your parents because (laughs) I know a lot of operations that are family run don't force their children to understand the business. You know, they may help, but the business side and um, Justin that works with us always talks about that these aren't just farms, like these are businesses. And when you were talking about like the uh, research and development and sales team and all this stuff, like consumers don't know that that's what goes on at farms. So for you to already have the experience of like working and doing those things, I think provides a lot of benefit to you, you know, navigating to where you're at today. My dad, one of his main things with the whole internship, he was like, if you're ever going to own your own business or you're ever going to be in a leadership position, you you have to have knowledge and have worked all the positions below that before you can ever, you know, be a good leader in that role. And that was really why he wanted us to work through the whole thing. If we ever did come back to the farm and say, you know, we did have the experience that, you know, we did the hard work. And, and to send you out for five that's years. Amazing. That's great. I think it's a rule that, you know, like I said, it's definitely something I've always supported. Never been like, I can't believe you're not going to let me do it. <laughs> I was always, you know, I think that you have to go out and get those other opportunities to grow as an individual before you can come back and like reach your full potential. Who was it? I think it was um, Miss Beth at Anna's Garden. We did a, a podcast with her and she said the exact same thing about kids that grow up on family farms need to go out and experience other things before they come back to like run that family farm. I think it provides a lot of knowledge because you know, you're engulfed in this one operation all the time. Now your job now, you see a ton of different operations and right. different types of them. And even more than that, you learn a lot more about yourself and your own work ethic. Cause when you grow up in one business environment, you only know the way that that business works and that's like that hierarchy in that company. Um, and your job roles there. But when you go out, you learn so much more about working with different types of people and different, you know, just farms in general. So that's cool. And, and I know that your dad was on our podcast recently. Yeah. Um, and he was talking about some labor issues and just in general, the pandemic and, and growing peaches and shipping them and processing them. What effects have you seen like in your family's operation? Because I know you're still in close communication with all of them all the time. Um, what effects have been like through even the peach industry as a whole through this pandemic? I think that there's one thing that I've found very interesting is the way that our consumers are shifting their purchasing patterns, especially with the pandemic. A lot of people are doing online grocery ordering, whether they're picking it up or having it delivered. And a lot of 
specialty crops, including peaches, are impulse buys. So you walk yeah. into the store and you see those peaches and smell them and you're like, oh, it's summer, like I should buy them. But when you're ordering online, are you necessarily feeling that same way? Because it is an impulse buy. So just kind of noticing how the trends um, have changed a little bit with that purchasing um, online. I think that's definitely something that's been impactful, especially with the pandemic and a lot of people ordering online. Is there anything that your family has done at Titan Farms to combat that and maybe advertise in different avenues? Like what does that look like? Absolutely. Well, most grocery stores now have an app where you can go on there and order stuff. And a lot of them, they've been working on doing ads in these apps, you know, doing like featured products. They work really closely with Wegmans who does like a a feature saying like meet the grower and stuff like that. So it's really been a lot of online marketing push that they've done where it used to be really storefront that they were putting all their efforts into making these big displays and, you know, sending stuff out like that. But now they're really trying to focus a lot more on these virtual ads um, that are in app. So it's that same impulse buy, but you're just seeing on an app instead of in the store. So that also makes me think about like just the season of peaches, the short season, right? It's very quick, but it's a huge impact. I mean, peaches are everywhere. You think, especially in the summertime, we're always thinking like, oh, I I've even been to places that have peach ice cream, by the way, best thing ever. Everyone should get it. <laughs> um, but it's such a, a short season. How do you guys get everything harvested, shipped, packed, processed, all the things to the grocery stores quick enough? Um, I think that it's really just the long hours. You know, you can have the most state-of-the-art packing shed facility and the hardest working people, but at the end of the day, it's really just volume. And they have probably just finished up maybe two weeks ago. They're two busiest weeks of the year where they're in there all day long from you know, 7 a.m. to midnight or even later some nights packing peaches, processing peaches. It's really just a very labor-intensive summer, and they just push, push, push until they can get everything out into the customer, and that's their number one priority. I mean, now you have described your parents to me. I can totally see them, you know, being in with that. Like, this is what they live for. Right. Um, so that's really cool. I think that you have a lot of experience on the production side, you know, right. the packing shed, the farm, all that kind of stuff. What are the differences that you've noticed moving more into like a third party vendor or that type of atmosphere? Like what are the differences between the farm and your job here at Highland now? Absolutely. I mean, I think the very obvious thing is obviously the hours, you know, I'm, I'm not in a packing shed all day long, packing peaches or doing food safety stuff. So working in the office is definitely a little bit of just an adjustment to working more on the, you know, desktop versus being, you know, in person yeah. boots on the ground. But I've definitely just seen that it's a little bit different where I feel like it's very easy for me to be like, oh, well, I'm not working as hard because I'm not working as long of hours, but it's, yeah. I'm working in a different way. And it's just yeah. a, you know, it's a change of, a job environment really and it's just getting used to working hard in that space yeah and respecting like the differences of right you may not be physically working you're probably sweating a lot less now than you did then um, but you're still putting like the mind power right. of working still i know working hard that you've tremendously like helped our team um, as far as sales for our food safety program you've been a huge asset to that so i know that it's definitely the work ethic that your father <laughs> has instilled in you um that Absolutely. has led through to that but since you are doing sales for highland which obviously we have a um, software for growers to help them remain compliant with food safety. What do you see like your generation or our generation, because we're about the same age, the younger generation pushing farming and technology? Like, what does that look like for you? Absolutely. I think that's a very interesting question because I think people often say their 
there's not a lot of technology in the ag world that, you know, everyone, it's a family farm and we're doing the same way that our grandparents did it and blah, blah, blah. And I think, you know, it's a very commonly said thing, but working at Highland, I've definitely noticed that it's not necessarily that we're just doing it the same way that our grandparents were doing it, but a lot of this technology that you see in other industries isn't available in agriculture. It's being developed now. It's really being pushed by the growers if they want some sort of technology. They are having to go out and kind of fit it into our world. Like technology in agriculture is a lot slower than technology in other industries. And it's not always, you know, the farmer's fault. You know, you can only work with what you have for the most part, unless you're going out and developing it yourself like we are here. So I think as these opportunities for more technology become available to the agriculture industry, they'll be pushed in. And I think that is kind of led by our generation who really is excited about all the opportunities there are with technology in this industry. I think too, you you went to UF, right? Yes, For I did. Your, what degree do you have? Food and resource economics. Okay, so you probably experienced a lot of technology during that yes. program. And the same with me, and I went to Warner, a smaller school, but... We both went to school for ag, and I discovered that there was so much more technology available than I thought. So I think a lot of it, too, is educating these growers that it's available to them. Because, like you said, they can only do with what they have. Right. I think that that's something I interact with every day, calling customers. I'm like, we have this food safety software system, and they're like, what are you talking about? And I'm like, okay, like let me just tell you, like we have this thing that you can use that will make your life a lot easier. And it's, you know, a lot of them aren't going out and looking for it because, you know, they don't know it's there. Yeah, I think that education is probably a big part in that. But I also think that like there's such an importance to having technology on the farm as far as if a building, a shed goes up in flames, like what happens, you know, all your records are gone. All your records. So having it on the computer, and I know that our owner, Steve Maxwell here at Highland, talks about all the time that like no one's ever done what we're doing. Right. So for me, like what we're doing is amazing, but it's, it's not necessarily like rocket science, you know, like it's hard. I praise the code writers because like (laughs) the people that have to actually make this function, like all of our dreams actually work when you click a button. Um, uh, they're amazing and that work is hard, but like to dream up the idea of putting all of your documents on a virtual platform is not rocket science. Right. It's like, why is it taken this long? This long. I don't understand. Right. I think it's just, you know, we are a company that is pushing for this technology to benefit agriculture, but I think any software company is looking for larger industries. You know what I mean? There's not a random person who's saying, hey, let me go build this for agriculture. They're saying, hey, let me go build this for marketing. Right. It's just, you know, it's kind of a last thought on the industry, you know, wise. Yeah. I think it's like a disconnect too from consumers that think, oh, farming, like that's what my grandpa did like he had a horse and a plow like that's not how it necessarily works anymore absolutely I think when I was growing up I would tell a lot of people that I grew up on a peach farm and they were picturing like some baskets yes. in a shed <laughs> and I'm like no it's like fully state-of-the-art yeah. system like we're doing all this technology and stuff and they were like just picturing like a couple baskets yeah right side stand and I'm like it's a little different I think too it stems from just even like being in school like when I was in elementary school we did not learn about like drones flying and tractors driving themselves we learned about people having baskets. Yes, like, like literally just like picking it by hand, doing everything. Yes. yes so it's definitely a different world. What technology, you said that you guys have like a state of the art operation. What are some things that give us a few examples of what technology you guys implement at Titan Farms? When I was in high school, we got these compact, it's basically these two huge machines. When we got them and put them into our facility, there was only maybe 
five of them in the world. Oh, wow. And they were only being used for lemons and limes and stuff with more of a harder exterior than peaches. Um, but basically these machines take about like 130, I think, pictures of the peach in like one second as it's flying underneath it. And it actually grades the peaches for them. And so when my parents redesigned their facility, we used to have maybe 50 graders in the busiest part of our season. And now I think we have eight because these machines are doing so much of that grading and and to such a specific level that they're saying if it's like this percent of blemishes it goes to number twos or number ones or it goes to sliced processing or puree processing this technology is incredible that it could almost virtually you know completely take the place of our graders who could be used for other places i think that when your dad was talking about labor issues it's so cool that something like that can actually resolve some of those labor issues absolutely like it's taking your manpower down tremendously and i know that a lot of people have been against that of like oh I don't want to have machines instead of people but in the reality of things like in our ever-changing industry that's always pushing 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 there's sometimes that we can't get labor right like right now for instance if if things are shut down you you can't get h2 8 workers you can't get people to come be laborers on your farm so something like that is so cool that you guys have implemented and you're almost ahead of the game because you already have that right right they've definitely been implemented more a lot over the last couple years a couple other big peach farmers um, have been using them out in California but we've also seen that it's not just you know reducing the number of employees that we have because that was definitely a push for it in the beginning my dad created this line he was like we're going to take our line workers from 75 to 35 and that's going to cut labor costs but then what we ended up seeing was that we could then use those same employees in other places specialty packs have become a huge part of the industry whether it's like that is right you know everything used to be maybe 80 percent of all peaches maybe five, 10 years ago was all just in 25 pound boxes of peaches. Mm -hmm. And now we do clamshells that are like four in a box or the uh, clear bags that you see very often now. All of those are what you call specialty packs. So any packing shed, they're having to pack, you know, first pack it into kind of, you know, volume fill boxes and then take, we take them into other lines and repack those peaches into the specialty packs. So our labor just kind of switched from that main packing line to those 25 pound boxes to moving those people over to our specialty lines who now they're repacking those into the smaller boxes, which the added value you get from those specialty packs has increased our revenue greatly. So instead of saving money on labor, we're actually making more money by using these other types of packaging. That's, I never even thought about it like that. And I think that brings a new perspective is that you can quote unquote cut labor costs, but you can double your profit essentially. Because I think specialty pack actually makes more money, doesn't it? Yes, it does. And it allows you to use different sizes of peaches so like the bags we use a smaller peach than we would put into a volume fill box because when you walk in you don't really want the smallest peach in the box right you want to pick out a big one but when they're you know a quick grab and go bag it's a smaller peach that's in there so it's allowing us to get money out of these sizes of peaches that we couldn't before it's probably better for something like instacart too right absolutely absolutely it's way easier to just grab that bag and walk out of the store with it than digging around especially if you're not doing it yourself that's another good 
point if you're ordering it online and somebody's going in there to pick out, you know, your peaches or tomatoes or avocados for you, you know, you're touching it, feeling it, but if they can just grab a bag, it's quick and simple and ready to go. I think that we have made a lot of like full circle moments in this conversation of like, oh, there's labor issues. Well, we have this technology and we fix this kind of thing. And oh, there's an issue with online ordering, but now we have specialty packs that provide to these more specific industry outlets. I'm super excited that we even had this conversation. I think that I even learned some and like anyone I think that listens to this is going to learn something and just appreciate your knowledge for the peach industry. I did want to point out one thing that I think we could take from this conversation is that we can be open to new ideas in our industry. Absolutely. um, As a whole, like agriculture as a whole, not just peaches. But I think that your family's peach operation has set the bar high for other peach operations to look at and be like, wow, I got to get it together. Like I got to keep up with these people. So hats off to you and your family and all of your summer work that you did. All the summer work. (laughs) Well, thank you for joining us. It was super good to chat. Thank you for joining us today. This podcast has been a presentation of Has Media, copyright 2020, all rights reserved. Be sure to follow us on social media, Instagram and Facebook at Highland Ag Solutions.